All right, uh, before we get started, anybody got any other kind of testimony, any kind of uh, maybe praise or anything that we want to uh, present now, here, right? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We, um, uh, it's just, I'll tell you what, it, it, uh, whenever you, you know, get involved in church, what you do is you get around a whole lot of people and a whole lot of people with extended families, you find out there's a lot of people that have a lot of health issues, a lot of things going on. How you doing, man? Um, and so you just, you know, just a lot of needs and we just got to keep praying for each other. I've, I'd almost forgotten my my daughter sent a picture and, and asked us to pray. Her, her husband, Dennis, had, um, uh, they say it's just, it was a, in, on his leg, on his uh, calf, an ingrown hair that, uh, but now it's MRSA, uh, which is that flesh-eating thing that they, that they have bacteria or whatever it is. And so they're really having to treat it really heavy with antibiotics. His leg's all swollen up and so uh, just, it just seemed like it just kind of never ends. It just uh, always one more. Uh, but I think it's just because that's just life, and you got a family as big as our, ours, big as Benzinger's, different ones. You just, uh, you're just going to continually have, you know, some kind of issue going on. Well, we're going to go on. We uh, go back to Proverbs uh, is where we're going to go. You can open up there. We'll, we'll be turning to several different verses, of course, uh, uh, we had finished up last week, I think, uh, with, uh, would, according to my numbers, it could have been 9 or 10 or whatever, but uh, wisdom is too high for a fool. I believe that's where I, I, uh, I ended up. Uh, the one right before that was foolishness will ruin your life. Uh, I'm not sure, but it says the foolishness of man perverteth his way, and I believe I talked about that because the word perverteth means overturneth. It'll overturn your way. It, it'll, it, uh, the foolishness uh, is very destructive in your life. It'll destroy your life's course. And so, uh, and then it was amazing, uh, I said this time, I think last week, is in this case that the fool blames God for the consequences of his foolishness. And this is what is amazing. It's so much blaming of God, and really it's what we have up here. Choices will determine destiny. It's our new uh, uh card. I put them on the table back there if you want some new uh, uh, tracks, so to speak, that we have. I've got them out here on the table, but they, they uh, also deal with that issue. You know, just choices determine destiny. And, and it, the truth is, is that, you know, the fool wants to blame somebody. It's amazing how many, uh, and we have to be careful of that with our own selves, but it, it's just so easy when we have done something messed up somewhere that we want to blame somebody else. It's always looking for somebody to blame. Now, you say, how do I keep from doing that? Well, just accept responsibility. When we accept responsibility, then, then we don't blame somebody else for what happens. It really comes down to our decisions uh, that, that we make so often. And so, uh, but the, according, uh, the, according to the Scripture, it says his heart, the fool, the fool's heart fretteth against the Lord. 
And that word fretteth is, it, it doesn't sound as strong as it really is. Uh, that, it means a really hot, intense anger. Uh, it, it means that he, he really is angry against the Lord because uh, he's in difficulty, he's in struggles, he's in trials, and, and uh, he just feels like it's all God's fault and he's mad at God because this stuff's happening to him. And, and again, we just have to be really, really careful that that doesn't happen to us, that we don't get angry at God. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's really easy to do. It's really easy to do because it, it, uh, somehow it's just pre-programmed in us the Satan's lie that, that uh, God did all this. Now, the truth is God did and sin did. The sin of man is the reason that we have every heartache that we have in this world. And so it's the goodness of God that we even have a hope or we even have a chance. And so uh, uh, the grace that Ms. Johnny May was talking about, the grace of God, that's, that, that's uh, so important. The mercy of God, uh, that is just, it's amazing. But then we see the next one was fools never have anything of value to say. And the scripture says in Proverbs 24, seven, if you want to look at Proverbs 24, seven, wisdom is too high for a fool. Wisdom is too high for a fool. Uh, you know, when, when we live a life of foolishness, when we deal with people and you think, you know what, all I'm giving them is, is God's wisdom. All I'm giving them is truth. All I'm giving them is even experiential wisdom, and they reject it. It seems like, you know, I'm trying to talk to them and protect them and to help them, but they can't get it. That's because Scripture says wisdom is too high for a fool. It just, it's, it's beyond them. Uh, Proverbs 24, 7, it's it, the verse is stating that wisdom is beyond the reach of a fool. He thinks biblical principles are silly, that they provide only shallow solutions to life's problems. In reality, the depth of God's principles is so great that they cannot comp- be comprehended by a fool. And that's where it is. It's, it's, it's not that they're shallow. It's not that they're silly. It's that they're beyond their ability to comprehend. They can't grasp them. They can't get them. And so... Uh, uh, again, just, just a simple principle, and we're going through about 30 of them on, on this, this person called the fool, and it's because, again, I'll say, one, we want to recognize the fool, because we're going to, and we'll see uh, why as we go on, because there's principles about why we need to recognize the fool. Also, we need to recognize foolishness when we begin to act foolish in ourselves. What would be, we, 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 we don't want to go down that road. And so uh, we want to protect our children from foolishness. We would, we've got to recognize. We need to know how to deal with foolishness when it comes. And so, uh, so the next, next point is uh, also in Proverbs 24, 7, same verse. Uh, but it says, he openeth not his mouth in the gate. He openeth not his mouth. Now, in the gate is where the wise men, the leadership speaks. But wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. Uh, the, the, the fool uh, has nothing of value to say. And so uh, the truth is the reason he's opened not his mouth in the gate is because in the gate are usually leadership and wise men. Now, why would it be that he opened not his mouth in the gate? Not because he doesn't want to. I'll be honest with you. It's because the wise men have shut him up. Uh, when he's sitting in the gate, 
they, they already have discerned who he is. And so he's already had to learn that go ahead, open your mouth, and somebody's going to look at you, and he's going to use biblical principle and tell you, we don't want to hear it. And, uh, and so that's what's happened in the gate. And so it, is, it, it ought to be obvious that if a fool has nothing of value to say, and that's what the first part tells us, wisdom is too high for a fool. If he has nothing of value to say, if wisdom is beyond his reach, then he can never give wise counsel. He should never be speaking in the gate. He should never be speaking in the leadership role. He should never be there. And that's what really the scripture is talking about. All right. Um, here's one, and it's, it's kind of unique. And you think oh, at first, why would anybody even think of doing this? But uh, this statement, never give honor to a fool. Never give honor. That's Proverbs 26.1. Proverbs 26.1. So that's what we do is we're just looking at a bunch of different verses in Proverbs. And Proverbs is kind of structured that way. It's usually a, a verse or two verses. It may be a comparison within a verse or, or two verses or two or three verses comparing each other. But uh, never give honor to a fool. Listen to this. And it says, as snow in summer. And as rain and harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. So God's saying, you know what? Uh, snow doesn't belong in summer. He's just saying that doesn't, those two don't mix. They can't work. And he said, and rain is, is not what we want in harvest. You know, because we don't want it raining on us right now while we're trying to harvest things. I know... Uh, growing up, you know, when, when the hay was baled, uh, however long it took that day, we were going to get it off the ground because it might rain that night, amen, it, and we couldn't take that chance, and it didn't make any difference whether it was predicted or not. The one thing you can know about weathermen is they're always wrong, uh, and my dad says it's amazing how those people will get a salary and even get raises, and they've never been right yet, but, uh, but uh, the, the weatherman, you know. But, uh, but it's the man who follows the counsel of a fool will soon uh, become a fool himself. And so never give honor to a fool, it says, as snow in summer and as rain as a harvest. So honor is not seemly for a fool. Here's the reason God, I believe God puts us in here. And this is the tendency that we have. We've got to understand that a fool is one who ignores and defies God's principles. So if he's ignoring and defying God's principle, uh, foolishness is not an intellectual problem, it's a moral problem. And that's something else we have to understand. He's ignoring and defying God's principles, not because intellectually he can't comprehend them, because God's principles are simplistic. He's, he's ignoring and defying them because of rebellion in his heart. So to give honor to someone who defies God is absolutely wrong. You say, well, why would we even think of giving honor? Many times, honestly, even preachers, spiritual leaders, will seek to motivate a fool to change his ways by giving him undeserved praise. We think sometimes if we praise somebody, we just find something to praise him for, uh, then he's going to change. Well, th that works with a lot of people. It really does. It's very helpful with a lot of people. Unless that person is a fool. 
If that person is a fool, God says, don't do that. Don't honor him. Don't praise him. Such honor never helps the fool. It only reinforces the foolish pattern of life. You see, when he's a fool, the praise comes to him. It doesn't encourage him to righteousness. When it comes to him, it encourages him to continue his foolishness. And that's something, again, you have to be very, very careful of. You don't want to encourage somebody to their foolishness. Now, while honoring a fool is never helpful, it is absolutely harmful to other people. Not only does praising a fool. Now, uh, and this is most often is talking about uh, public praise. And, but so if, if we have somebody that's just acting very foolish, they're, they're going against everything God does, every God, and, and they show up here to church today, and, and, uh, and, and you know, I, I stand him up in front of everybody and, 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 and put a lot of praise on him, knowing that he's living ungodly, knowing that it's a, you know, there's a miracle here. Now, I can, I can say I'm glad you're here today. But, uh, but if I really lift him up, knowing that he's living in sin, rejecting God, really doesn't even want to be here. Maybe he's here because uh, mom or dad for- forced him to be here. Maybe he's here because somebody, you know, intimidated him to be here. Maybe he's here uh, just to spite, uh, to, to create a problem. But if I lift him up in the front of the simple, what I've just done is said, wow, that guy's getting praise. It encouraged them to be like him. And, well, he can live like the world, and everybody's okay with him. Everybody's pleased with him. You know, it's a very, very difficult and a very, very precarious situation that we, we are in in the ministry and in the church. And that's that we, we want to love, and we want to accept, and we want to lift up, and we want to encourage everybody. But when it comes to someone that is, is blatantly uh, against God, the encouragement that I have to give him has to be private. Public praise of somebody who's defying God encourages the simple that it's okay to defy God. And it's a, it's a very difficult balance. It really is. Trying to love people, and that's kind of where our world is so confused right now, and our churches are so confused. Well, we just got to love everybody. And so, uh, you know, we, we to the point to, to the day that the, the uh, homosexual lifestyle, they'll lift them up and have them uh, perform in front of the church, or they'll even have them as leadership of the church. What we've done then is we praised that which is contradicting the Word of God, that which is a fool. And so... It's a, it's a very hard thing, but, it, but it's something that we need to ask God for wisdom and to, to really seek after. Now, next one goes along with this. Uh, again, these are all what God has said, and it sounds a little bit harsh, but this is what God says, because God wants to protect the, the simple. God wants to protect even the wise person. God wants to protect the people that are trying to serve him, and here's what he does. He says in, in Proverbs 14, 7, look at Proverbs 14, 7, and the statement I have here is never, never associate with a fool. And it says, go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. 
And God, and this is kind of the crux of everything that we're talking about. God's saying you need to learn to perceive who you're dealing with, who you're talking about, uh, talking to. And he said, when you come to the realization that they are anti-God, and when you come to the realization that they are defying God and defying God's principles, he says, you know what you need to do? Leave. Walk away. Because they're going to, he's, if you don't, they're going to affect you. The Christian is commanded from spending time in fellowship with a fool. Now, that's, that's what we mean. Go from the presence of the foolish man. Uh, God's really talking about that you, you don't fellowship with them. You don't, you don't sit down and have coffee and have conversations with them. Um, when we, we used to go to the, the Great Lakes Naval Base, as we would go up to the base, when I first got there, I didn't know about this group, but there was a cult group that was up there. Very, I mean, they used every, it was like a conglomeration of every, every false doctrine you could imagine all rolled into one. Uh, you know, they had works in there and keeping the commandments and baptism or regeneration, and they had all kinds of things. But, but, uh, but they were very argumentative, kind of like Church of Christ, and, and they were very uh, attack-oriented. And, and, um, and so we would go up there, and, and they tried several different things. Uh, we, they were right off base. They had a, a um, serviceman center right off base. So they were there 24-7. They had access to the base every day, every hour of the day. We went up four hours a week because we were, you know, an hour and a half away. And so um, we get up there. So one of the things that they did was, was when we would go and we would talk to uh, people, the guys at the base, and maybe win somebody to Christ, or maybe they came down with us one weekend and they got saved and they went back to the base. How they did this, I don't know. It's like, like they had a, a, a team out there to, to find them, but somehow they would find our boys that just got saved. And the next week, while we were gone from them, they would go after them, and they would sit down because, and, and sadly, there was something spiritually alive in them now. The Holy Spirit had come in, there was a spiritual hunger in them now. So this cult would find them. And they would sit down with him. Well, this is a this sailor boy is brand new saved. He's simple. He's a clean slate ready to be written upon. And they would jump in and start to write upon it. They would jump in with their heresy. They would jump in with everything that was out there. Now, once that started, then the next thing that they, they, they would do is that when we got to the base, the four hours we were there, they would search us out. And they would try to get us in debate. And I would watch some of my boys sometimes. I'd have to go and pull them away because they would sit down and they would be in an hour-long debate with them. Well, we only got four hours up here to invite sailors to come down. Well, they're in here with this guy. They're gonna, this is, gonna, is doing us no good. And the truth is, some of those young boys, college boys, they were not real grounded just yet. And so they'd get confused by this foolishness that these people would be pushing. But one of the great things was is that a very valuable time for reaching people for Christ had just been eliminated. It's the same thing when you go out here and go soul winning. If you knock on a door and you come up to a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon or a Church of Christ or, or whatever, and, and 
uh, you find out that that's what they are, and they want to get you into, into a debate, can I just tell you, the best thing to do is to pull out a track. If they'll take it, hand it to them, and say, uh, uh, you know what, I can't talk any longer. I've got to go. I've got other people to visit and, I, and leave. Because you need to go. Now, here's one of the things I do, and if it'll help you, one of the things I do when I run into one of those people is if they're uh, Church of Christ, I'll say, how long have you been in the Church of Christ? If they're Mormon, I'll say, how long have you studied with the Mormons? uh, Or the Jehovah's Witness especially, how long have you been studying with Jehovah's Witness? Now, if they tell me I've been in this my whole life, then, then if I can leave a track, if they'll take it, I'm leaving. If they tell me, that, you know, uh, two years ago, then I may try to talk to them, and I may try to work into this conversation, and I may continue it a little bit longer. Now, if they're going to just argue and debate and fight with me, then I'm leaving. I'm just going to hand the track, and I'm leaving. Because there are other people that are out there. These people are keeping me from people who God has prepared for the gospel. And so I've got to move on and, and keep on going. And so uh, that's what, what God's really saying here. Go from the presence of this foolishness. Just get away from that because it won't help you at all. It's just going to it, it discourage you. But notice what he says, when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. It's very important that we learn to perceive. Feeling better? Right, looking better. Good. Uh, but we, we need to learn, and the way we perceive them is the more we know the principles of the Word of God. The more we know the principles of the Word of God, the more we will perceive when people are not, when they're speaking against the principles of the Word of God. i give the, give this illustration, uh, you know, I'm probably sure I have here, but when I first got saved and I was in a church out here in Cairoville, I was a police officer, and and I began to ride at night, and it was a lot of things in my life were beginning to change. But, I, you know, now I'm in church, and Sunday morning, and Sunday night, and Wednesday night, I'm hearing truth. And I'd like to say that I was really reading my Bible a lot, but I, I just, you know, I, I did some, but I'd never read it and didn't really know much about it. And I really was struggling to understand it. And, uh, and you don't have to change the words of it to understand it. It was just a spiritual thing, understanding it. And so, but... But uh, at night, I would drive, and especially when I was on midnights, I would, I would come about midnight, there was this preacher would come on, and I would search for something, I would turn on this preacher on the radio, and, and uh, he would begin to preach, and, and you know, he sounded real good, I mean, you know, he sounded, you know, you know, patriotic, and he sounded, you know, you know, with a lot of fire and a lot of tension, and I thought it was good, so I listened to him every, every night I worked at midnight for probably a couple of months. But in, during that same couple of months, I was also going to church here in biblical principles. I was also being taught the truth of the Word of God. And as I was, then one night I went and I was sitting there listening to him in the squad car, and all of a sudden inside of me something said, something's not right here. And I'm be honest with you, I could not tell you what the man said, but the Holy Spirit said something's not right. And I went to my preacher the next day, and I said, I was listening to this guy last night. I have been listening to him for a while. And, and he, but as I listened to him last night, something inside me just said, something's wrong. But I don't know what was wrong. He said, who was it? And I told him the name of the guy it was. And as soon as I did, he said, oh, man. He said, that, that guy is, is into heresy. He's, he's into work salvation. He's into, he said, really, kind of a weird work salvation. And, 
And uh, he started explaining to me, and I didn't understand a lot of what he was talking about, but I came to a realization that the more you know truth, suddenly foolishness will come out. You'll start to recognize it like you've not recognized it before. And so it's very important that we know the Word of God. Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceiveth not in him the lips of knowledge. And you won't perceive it unless you know that the truth what the truth is. And once you start to know the truth, you'll know that what he's saying is not the truth. And so, and God says, just leave this presence. Don't hang around there because if you're going to hang around there, it's going to affect you because two, as I've said this, and I'll, I'll beat this one into everybody's head, one mono plus no mono equals two mono. Uh, in other words, one sick person gets together with a well person, it doesn't make the sick person well. It makes, the, it makes the well person sick. And that's what we have to be very careful of. Uh, it'll make us sick. And so, and so, and then, uh, all right, go to our next, our next point. Next point is, uh, and again, my numbering system, I'm not sure where we are. Uh, I've got several different numbers by the same thing, either 12, 13, or 14. Friendship with a fool leads to destruction. Friendship with a fool leads to destruction. And again, this doesn't mean that we have to be mean to anybody. We just don't hang around certain people. We don't socialize with certain people. Uh, and, and you say, well, isn't that mean? No, you don't have to be angry or bitter or upset. You just uh, honestly have to say, I can't. Um, and so, but here's the Scripture. And again, all I'm doing is using Scripture. Proverbs 13.20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. So it's a great statement. If you, want to spend, if you want to be wise, spend time with wise men. But here's the rest of the verse. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. And again, this is not just talking about the fact that you said hello. It's not to the, talking the fact that you were cordial and kind to somebody. It's, it's when you start spending time with people. You're, you're, you're going to the ball game. You're, you're going out to eat with them. You're, you're socializing with them. You are buddying up with them. Uh, that person's just going to take you down. Uh, you, you know, I've told my, my kids my, all their whole life, you know, it's, it, it was very important, every one of them, who they hung around with because who they hang around with is really the direction they're going to end up going. That's where they're going to go. And, and it was amazing how in each of their classes, uh, how there would be real strong leadership for right or real strong leadership for wrong, for foolishness. And, and it was a sad thing to see, especially in junior high and high school, that, boy, it, I mean, it just... One of my girls would be in a class where, boy, everybody's trying to do right because everybody was trying to go that. But another class, it only took one strong leader. Usually it was some athlete. And if he was going off, boy, he took the whole class with him. And that's why I told them, and again, this is just something I tell the girls in one of my prayers for them, I prayed that they'd be able to stand alone. Stand alone. You, it's so easy to, to be caught up in the crowd and be the companion of foolishness. What you have to have is you've got to be able to stand alone. There's some times where you're just not going to be part of the crowd. 
Sometimes it's you're just not going to go where the other people go. And when you say no, they're going to laugh at you. They're going to mock at you. And even some other Christians are going to think, oh, you're, you're, you're mean-spirited. No, I'm sorry. I'm trying to obey scriptural rule. And God says, but a companion of the fool shall be destroyed. I don't want to be destroyed. I don't want my children destroyed. I don't want uh, my family destroyed. So we cannot violate God's principles and get away with it. That's all it comes down to. And I don't, again, I don't have to be mean to anybody. I still remember as uh, uh, our daughter Heather has a, uh, a book, and I think we brought it here for the, did we bring it here for the, the girls here, the teenage girls here? She's written a book, and tell me the name of it again, Torn. Torn, that's what it was. Uh, but she, this book is, I don't know, 10 chapters, and they're all, all about uh, experiences in her growing up years where she was in, be in a time of conflict because of her peers, where ultimately she was torn. Will she go with her peers and her friends? Will she do what they, they're doing? Or will she break away from them and do what God wants or do what her mom and dad wants? And she writes this book about so many incidences where she was torn and what ultimately she's, what she's saying is by making the decision that she made, even though she was torn into the decision, it was a hard, hard decision. She tells one of them in uh, one of the stories where her friends picked her up and they were going someplace. And I'll be honest with you, it would have been a situation we didn't know about because we really didn't allow them or didn't approve of them to do this kind of thing. But she had jumped in a car with three of her girlfriends. They were probably sophomore juniors I guess and in high school but at least one of them was old enough to drive and and they were taken off and and uh and they were taken off and, and truthfully uh, she didn't even know where they were going they pulled up to to a uh, a movie and and uh and it was something that that she knew she shouldn't be there shouldn't see and and uh and so she looked at the girls and she was she describes how torn she was because she's here with her peers she's here with her friends they've pulled up to this thing now and she said right the last moment she just said take me home take me home now you say is that a, a big issue every one of those girls lives that she was with, the other three have all been destroyed. I think two of them, I'm not positive, but I think two of them ended up uh, pregnant before marriage and, and messing up their life. But their lives, as far as for God, have just been in wreck and ruin. Already divorces and messed up and just really a mess. You say over this little decision, it was a direction. Choices will determine destiny. It was a direction that they were going. Um, and that direction was, she just knew they were making a choice to, to deviate from the direction they had been going. They were going to change today. They were going to go their own way. And she said, take me home. And uh, it, it's, it, it's just, I think, honestly, I think that took a lot of strength for a little, little girl that age under that kind of peer pressure. I think it did. Uh, you know, and I praise God that she, that she did. 
uh, that, you know, that wasn't, wasn't the only time. You know, and there's a longer story that is even maybe a more crucial story, but I don't have time to go into it. But it just the, it's just, it's so important that we take the simple truths of the Word of God. And Proverbs 14, 7 says, Go from the presence of a foolish man, when thou perceiveth not in him the lips of knowledge. It says in, in Proverbs 13, 20, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. And boy, it, the choice is just there. You either walk with a wise man and become wise, or you walk with the fools and you're destroyed. And that's really not a great choice. It should be an easy choice, but because of peer pressure, uh, it is very, very hard. We tend to underestimate the influence our friends have over our destiny. Uh, Solomon, however, said that our friends have a, an incredible influence. A careful analysis of the first half of this verse will help us understand the last half. If we associate with wise people, talk with them, observe their ways, and learn their habits, we will become wise. On the other hand, if we associate with fools, we will be destroyed. But what kind of destruction did Solomon mean? Simply this, the man who associates with fools will become one himself. He will then suffer the same calamities that come upon fools, which we'll talk about in more detail. It's dangerous to choose the companionship with a fool. And so uh, we've got about 19 minutes before uh, service starts. So thank you and you're dismissed.